Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's Tuesday. It's uh, Mailbag Delve Day. And we've been inundated over the last few days, Sam. You've just been looking through the emails and there seems to be an overriding, overwhelming topic of of discussion. The holiday season started. (laughs) I'm assuming this is mostly for canters without kids. So, because the, it's not quite summer holiday time yeah. yet, but we've had some few of the uh, childless cunters have already started <laughs> off on their adventures on the continent. And as a result, we have got a large number of senior dis and that stories coming Lovely. through. I'm already. rubbing my hands together already in anticipation of that. Andrew Lees has said, I had a, a strong start to a recent trip to Lanzarote with my girlfriend and soon to be in laws. Firstly, getting into the taxi at the airport, the driver was a lot. Drive was a large, balding local man with a moustache. <laughs> Sounds promising. <laughs> he was shoving your that. He was he was shoving our bags into the back of the taxi. Yeah. Gang, fucking bags, right? <laughs> with some with some force, and I thought that he had not noticed that he hadn't got the handbrake. <laughs> he hadn't got the handbrake on. <laughs> I don't speak much Spanish, so I was waving and pointing to draw his attention to the fact that he was now forcibly bumping his taxi up against the car parked in front. He looked at me, looked at the car, then shrugged and carried on. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Very often with dis and dats, they do things like that, and when you question it, they try to imply to you that, I know in your uptight in English culture, it's yeah. a problem. But in our culture, it's actually acceptable for us to bump another car. We do this. They say that until the other dis and that comes along. And then they fucking have a right go at each other and it goes bananas. <laughs> they, but they try to hoodwink you. Is that, you're, you're sort of like, oh, I see. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And you, they, they try to make you feel like you're just a really uptight, Weedy. sexless Sweetie, pale Englishman. Yeah, which and you that's are. That's how you feel. Yeah, yeah, well, that's how you feel in comparison to They're going, eh, come on, English, and you're like, oh. <laughs> well, I, I just think that. I mean, it's, it's fine if it's, if it's part of your culture. That's fine. I'm not here. I'm, I'm not your white savior. Uh, I just wanted you to know. I just wanted you to know. I wanted you to bring to your attention. You are bumping the car in front, old Bean. Is that? It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It's what goes, we do. Okay, that's fine. That's fine, just as long as you know. Of course I know. He's my friend. He's my friend's car. He liked me to do it. He's like, he's like my car fucking his car, yeah? You know? He's nice. The car's like it. It's like, yeah, he's, 
It's like I got to fuck your girlfriend, yeah? You imagine that as well, huh? You, you like that? No, I'm just joking. Come on, relax, pussycat. <laughs> okay, very well. I'd rather you didn't speak that way about my betrothed, but let's well, just get... she's to sit up front with me, yeah? Huh? Yeah, you sit her up, maybe. I have a little chat with her. <laughs> you sit you sit in the back and play with your fucking telephone there. <laughs> you little baby man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then it goes on, right? Next, on arrival at the resort, there was a mix-up with the rooms, of course. (laughs) My girlfriend's posh and amicable amicable dad, John, went to main reception with us to sort it out. A young, slick-haired man with aviators and a disinterested look. (laughs) Perked right up after asking, "Eh, Excuse me, there seems to be a problem with my room. Eh, What's your room, mister? To which John replied, Number 69. Wow, his face lit right up. A fantastic Pablo Canugo-style sleazy leer. 69, mister. Hey, it's good number, big daddy. You pick it special, yes? He carried on for quite a while, continuing to call John Big Daddy. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You know, come on. You know, big daddy. You and your wife must like sometimes to do the 69. I'm I'm sure I have no I have no idea what you're referring to. Please could you seize my room immediately? Yeah, you know. He knows. <laughs> Maybe in your younger years, yeah. I know these are probably only six out of tens, but I thought it was worth contributing again after the se- success of my iPod Jizz bullshit story last summer, which I also thought was a bit lame. And that's from Andy. Well, Andy, I didn't realise that that you were the man who sent that in, and worryingly I didn't realise it was a year ago. Wow. That was Can't last summer. The story about nah, someone... we were doing the World Cup ones then. We weren't doing um, he's trying to stuff. Is he trying to fuck with our head? I think so, yeah. Well, he's fucking with our head by saying that's a six out of ten and it's clearly at least an eight. It's very strong, yeah. Senor this and that. Okay, I've got another... There's loads of this and that's actually. Go on, give us um, another one. All right, hold on a sec. Let me just scroll through. Here we go. Well, I'll, give this... you a quick, I'll give you a quick bullshit one while yeah, you're go looking. Yeah, on From JJ. Uh, uh, bullshit that as a kid told all the boys around our age that he had a new PlayStation and FIFA game that his dad had got from Japan on a holiday. <laughs> this is a, an old recurring bullshit. This is this. a classic. Yeah, yeah. A classic of the genre. Yeah. Uh, so he invited us all around his house for a game the next day. Around 15 of us all turned up at his house and he invited us into his living room. His mother, who at the time wondered why her living room was being overtaken by a load of 12-year-olds, told us that he, he didn't have a PlayStation and that his dad hadn't even gone to Japan. Oh. So she just completely dobbed him in. Such but a instead, shame. his dad uh, went to Bristol for a week to work. Despite oh. this, the bullshitter insisted he had a PlayStation and told us he'd completed FIFA the night before and then lent the PlayStation to his cousin. Oh, fuck you now. <laughs> Do you know what? That is... That's that file that under sad bullshit. Yeah. Because I've or upsetting bullshit because the bullshits where it's just a grown man behaving like a child. I think they're yeah. fair game. When it's a child, he's like, you know, he's he's needy, he's vulnerable. Yeah, you're right. He you're wants right. attention, he wants love, he wants status and you know, and it just goes wrong and I and just feel bad it's for him. Escalated out of hand, he it's can't escalated out of hand, his mum's dobbed him in. <sighs> I just feel bad for him. But anyway, yeah. look, don't, I'm not having a go at the country who sent that in. I'm just telling you what my feelings are. Right. Daniel Woodward, dis and dat lifeguard. Mm. Nice. 
Whilst on holiday in Mallorca recently, me and my wife were on the beach. We noticed there was a bit of a commotion. A bloke swimming quite far out in sea had got into difficulty and shouted for help. The station where the lifeguard was supposed to be sat keeping an eye on the safety of the swimmers was empty. The Spanish lifeguard was instead stood outside a nearby bar, flirting with a couple of local girls, showing them a video on his phone. Eh, <laughs> you like watch nice video? Come have a look at this. Fortunately, the man was rescued by some kids out on a pedalo who guided him back to shore. The lifeguard eventually returned to his station, oblivious to the situation which had just taken place. However, the wife of the bloke marched over to him and delivered a tirade in German. Ooh. Making her anger clear to the AWOL Spaniard. Feeling he needed to make amends, the lifeguard followed her back to her recovering husband and seemed to be trying to explain himself. <laughs> hey, mister, I you run into some trouble. <coughs> yeah, ich bin almost drowned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, you got to be careful. You shouldn't swim out so far, mister. <laughs> Ah, he seems to be trying to explain himself. This included a lot of shrugged shoulders with palms open. Hey, what, what, what can I do? I was talking with the ladies with the video. Even if I were here, what am I supposed to do? You dangerous piece of water. If I swim over there, I get in trouble too. You want both of <laughs> us to die? You're too far out. I can't rescue someone that far out. <laughs> Fucking hell. Before, anyway, mister, let me show your wife, your, your sexy wife, this video on my phone. It's very funny. Uh, before the lifeguard left, he cheerily slapped the bloke on the back and offered him a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> a recovery cigarette. <laughs> Which the German, still in a bit of shock, declined. He then proceeded to return to his station, content that, no- content that nobody had drowned on his watch and went back to playing on his phone. That's from Dan Woodward. Thank you, Dan. Uh, never mind, mister. You want cigarette? Hey. You want fag? May you feel better. Your lungs, your lungs probably pretty tired after that big swim. Have a cigarette. <laughs> nah, oh, nine danka. Okay, suit yourself. What are you, English, Dutch? No, ich bin Deutsch. Ah, whatever, mister. It's all the same to me. <laughs> you all sound the same to me. <laughs> all right, I've got another bullshit, which is uh, slightly better. It comes from David Wright. He says, a mate of mine in secondary school used to tell people every Easter that his mum knew someone who worked at the Cadbury factory Mm. and would get him an Easter egg-sized Cadbury's cream egg. A big fuck-off Easter egg filled with cream. (laughs) Cream egg filled with cream egg filling that he would scoop out with a spoon. Yeah. Whenever we asked him to bring such an egg into school, this is the best bit, he would tell us that it had to be kept to a very strict and specific refrigerator temperature so as not to (laughs) ruin the mass creamy filling, and we never (laughs) did get to see it. (laughs) He thought ahead this one. This kid's clever. It reminds me of when I was at school, there was a coach that I I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but there was a, a coach that went, but it went from nowhere near where I lived but because I knew kids who got on the coach I would go out the 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 coach stop was almost further away from my house than the school was but I went for a phase of getting a bus all the way getting up extra early to get a bus all the way to this coach stop because the coach was legendary like the shenanigans and antics that went (laughs) on on this coach every day because you you were on there mixed up with older kids 
right? Hashtag so, on the coach. Yeah, it was just hashtag on the coach. There was fucking loads of legendary shit. Like, there's some legendary sort of hard nuts and mavericks of the fifth yeah. year travelled on the coach up the back. Yeah. And if you were on the coach too, you you were part of their fiefdom, which brought benefits as well as risks, Yeah. right? Because sometimes you you might get a dig or like you might you might just get bullied but yeah. other times you were sort of in their gang cuz hashtag coach gang right it's kind of a it's an annex of school but deregulated isn't it it was a deregulated well the only person who oversaw it was billy the coach driver yeah who is one of the biggest cunts i've ever known <laughs> but i think we might have to do the him in a separate episode because <laughs> he's such a cunt oh yes right? <laughs> just Fucking unveiled a new f- source of stories Billy the coach driver but um, the the coach there was so many fucking characters on the coach and like I say eventually I got banned which in some ways was a shame because you you rose up through the rink, ranks with each yeah. passing year you basically got to move further back towards the back of the coach so when you first started <laughs> you were right at the front and then you move back, move back, move back as you got older, more senior, and you'd achieve more coach points. And you how, could have seen. How long were you doing this, getting an early bus in order to get on the coach? I did it years. for. A, a, I did it for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'd get dropped near it because my mum worked near where the coach was. So sometimes if she had a car, she would drop me. Mm. But most of the time I would get the fucking bus and I'd get up an hour earlier than any of my mates so I could get on the coach. Because so if not, you'd arrive at school. Sundays I think, fuck it, I haven't got time. I'm just going straight to school. You'd yeah. arrive at school, you'd see your mates and all day they'd be talking about coach shit. Coach stuff, yeah. Right, coach stuff that had gone on that morning, stuff yeah. that had gone on on the way home the night before, right? So it was just fucking problematic. I had to get the coach, and there were so many things on the coach. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Jalapeño. But just a small thing, because I don't think we've got time to go full deep dive into the cu- into the coach. But the, the what it reminds me of is that there was a guy who recently popped up on Facebook as a sort of you know recommended friend because you got right. a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. And I totally fucking forgot about him. I ought not to say his name. I totally forgot about him. But he was a couple of years older than us, and you know we sort of like really looked up to him. Whatever he said went, sort of thing. You know. 
And one of his classic bullshits that I've only just remembered, I can't believe I haven't brought up earlier, is that his dad, we'd never met his dad, his dad didn't live with him at home, blah, 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 you know. Um, he told us that his dad was the physio for the Brazil national team. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and what that meant as well was that his opinion on football trumped everyone else's opinion on football Obviously, no matter yeah. what the topic was so you might be talking about who was better who was a better striker Tony Cotty or Clive Allen right mm. there'd be a lot of Spurs fans on the coach and it was me and my mates who were West Ham fans and we'd be round with each other about it and then he would intervene and he'd come over and he'd say something like Clive Allen's much better. And I'd yeah. go, what the fuck? And everyone would go, Sam, uh, his dad's physio for the Brazil national team. And I'd go, yeah. all right, fair enough. <laughs> but I'd be I'd be seething. It wouldn't mean that I agreed with him, but I'd just be like seething that I had to shut my mouth. This is he ridiculous. His, dad has, his dad's got no footballing, you know, intellectual prowess at all. He's a medical man. I know. He's just a medical man. He knows about muscles. That's yeah. it. He knows about stretching. That's all a physio does. Yeah. They know about stretching, um, that's about it. There's what, so much other fucking quality content from the coach that I will have to devote another episode to it or we'll never get for any more cunter stuff. It's almost like I've unearthed the Pandora's box myself. I'd half forgotten about it. Um, <laughs> Adam Cousins writes, recently back from Tenerife, which could be the most disandat place in the world. The missus booked the hotel and on checking in, the details of the booking were for uh, Mr. David Hurst. My <laughs> missus is not called Mr. David Hurst. In fact, the only similarity is the two names is that her surname also begins with an H. Naturally, I questioned this, keen to get the correct room, and the response I got was a shrugged, nah, almost the same, and was shown <laughs> to Mr. David Hurst's room, which did have a beach view and two single beds. Result. So they were happy, right? They'd got a room by mistake, but the room was good, so they weren't going to complain. Yeah, of course. However, returning in the evening after dinner and a few drinks, they found a note stuck on the door which read, Come to reception. We have better room. (laughs) All right, they found our right room. They've gone. They've got the new room. It was not better. (laughs) Sorry, English. Sorry, English. This is the room you book. Yes, but you've already put us in the other room. Hey. You should yeah. book a. You know what, English? You should take more careful to book in right name. I did book in right name. Not according to this. Yeah. You Dave- say your name, Dr. David Hurst. Yeah. David Hurst here now. He won his room. You get out. <laughs> Let me tell you, English. Yeah, going under name of someone else is criminal offence in Tenerife. <laughs> I could should. report you to police, but I'm not. But I never said my name was David Hurst. Oh, really? Then why are you in David Hurst's room? <laughs> You're not making sense, English. You're making me cross now. I put you out in the street before long. <laughs> there you know. Oh. Um, here's the one from Kieran Priest. I felt the need to share a story about a 58-year-old man I work opposite in Wigan called John. Every dinner hour, John walks into Wigan Town Centre and buys at least two £5 scratch cards... Then he brings them back to his computer desk and scratches them as a little treat after his sandwiches. Um, he has the nickname Scratch Card John. <laughs> <laughs> a, 
About two weeks ago, John won £100, and so the next day after he cashed his winnings, he donated £10 of it to a local homeless man who sits by the Cafe Nero every day. Very good. Nice work, scratch card, John. He came back to the office bragging about his generosity. Hmm, not so good. Uh, a few days later, after numerous scratch card losses and hearing the news that he was being made part-time, John decided to walk into Wigan and ask if he could be reimbursed some of his donation from the homeless man. <laughs> Fucking hell. So he's gone back to the homeless man and says, can I have some of that £10 back I gave you the other week? Uh, John never returned from dinner that day. The morning after, John was sat at his desk with lumps on his head and a bruised face. Now. It turns out, after a disagreement about his reimbursement, he thumped the homeless man, who then retaliated and gave John a good hiding. <laughs> As the only way in the Wigan is past the Cafe Nero, the incident happened, John now sits in the work canteen on his lunch hour and plays virtual scratch cards on the National Lottery app instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, virtual scratch cards, there's something depressing about oh, that, isn't there? Very grim, that, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, scratch card John beaten that, that, up by a homeless that, that, man. Uh, please, Andy, if, if, I, if I ever fucking am reduced to being on the coins, but virtual coins, which I'm yeah. sure you, there's loads of <gasps> opportunities to do oh. online. No. There's got to be apps, hasn't there? Yeah, but don't don't get into it because it's depressing because let's not forget part of the appeal of being on the coins is being out in the convivial seaside yeah. arcade atmosphere. Yeah, that's true. Right. I was just thinking about it as a possible, you know, cash generating opportunity for us. A time, top flight time machine branded on the coins app. Oh yeah, but that's for other people. That's for the cunters to I'll play. I'll do that then. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, fine. I don't mind them being reduced to that if it if it lines my pockets. <laughs> um, now I've got a few more dissendats, but some I'll admit I haven't pre-read. But there's one where you know when you scan it. Mm. And you see a few little gems in there that look so yeah. promising. You think, I'm going to take a fucking chance on this email. Go go for it. Okay, right. And even if it's bad, I'll keep it in. I won't edit it out. We'll just let it fly as it as it goes. Okay, this is from, uh, I won't say his name in case it says his name, but it's, uh, it's entitled Italian Signor This and That. Some years ago, my grandfather passed away. He moved to London in his 20s from a village outside Naples. After his funeral and cremation here in London, we held his ashes for a period of time before deciding to return them to his village in Italy. We didn't have the, <laughs> we didn't have the correct paperwork, so he was placed <laughs> under a blanket in the boot of a 1992 Mini Cooper and we drove from London to Naples. You need We're... to have paperwork to take ashes abroad. Paperwork. Hey, what's <clears> in there? <throat> ashes? You've got paperwork? <laughs> man, man ashes? Or just everyday ashes. <laughs> what is this, cigarette ash? Oh, burnt man. <laughs> Let me taste, then I know. Mm, tastes like man to me. <laughs> we arrive at his village and found the location of the crypt in which his mother and brother were buried. My mum came with us, who is fluent in Italian, joined by my uncle, who doesn't speak English, and myself, armed with an English-Italian travel dictionary. <laughs> we found a member of staff at the graveyard, and the negotiations began. Can I, can I just say, can I just stop you there? He's got an English-Italian travel... Dictionary. Travel dictionary. Is there a section in there about dispensing ashes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what use is that going to be? Yeah, no, it's one of those um, school uh, GCSE textbooks where yeah. they have little illustrations and stuff of characters doing these like buying vegetables at the market <laughs> going on holiday yeah things you do at the weekend Disposing in and around the house 
dispensing your grandfather's ashes in a crypt <laughs> in Naples. With my broken Italian, I followed a I followed a conversation for about forty five seconds before losing the thread. I saw my uncle pay twenty euros, placed twenty euros in the top pocket of the shirt of Signor this and that. <laughs> it's so Italian that there were some hand gestures and facial expressions. More money was placed in the top pocket. <laughs> yeah, keep loading it up. <laughs> Not enough yet. <laughs> There's more room in that pocket. I got a, a fl- big family. A flurry of Italian. And again, more money placed in the pocket. <laughs> the gentleman left it and I asked my uncle in broken English what was happening in broken Italian what was happening. He explained, Don't worry, they're gonna open the crypt and we can place his urn inside. He had gone to get someone to say a few words to us. I gotta get someone. <laughs> I thought, great, this is going well. Then Signor this and that returned with his mate, Signor even more this and that. (laughs) A man armed with a small-handled sledgehammer and a bucket of cement that he was slopping up. (laughs) Fag on the go. Who's this? It's the priest. He doesn't look like a priest. Hey, shut up. He's a priest. Don't be disrespectful. God strike you down. Fag on the go, wearing a white vest. Signor even more this and that proceeded to unceremoniously smash a hole in the side of the crypt. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the best bit. And told me in Italian, (laughs) quick, do it, quick. (laughs) Quick. (laughs) quick do it quick I placed my granddad's urn on top of his mother's coffin and 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 gave it a pat and said goodbye bye granddad quick the bloke the, the bloke began filling the hole he made and then straightened his back and looked at me and said very loud in English oh my god He goes. <laughs> he finishes fucking cementing it up. Then he straightens his back and he says, <laughs> "Granddad's sleeping now. You happy?" Got <laughs> 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 that the wrong way around. He goes, "Granddad's sleeping. You happy now?" <laughs> Those were the words that he got. He said. I'll go and get someone to say a few words. So he's thinking he's coming <laughs> back with words. a priest to say something beautiful, a eulogy. <laughs> and he comes back with a bloke smoking a fag in a vest who smashes a hole, sticks the fucking coffin through the hole, cements it up double quick. And then his eulogy is, Granddad's sleeping now. You happy? You happy now? <laughs> These were the words that were to be spoken. We went back to my uncle's house where I received a debrief. <laughs> And the translation of the day. It turns out without the right paperwork, you cannot open a crypt. But for the right money, the groundsman and his brother-in-law will smash it open, will smash it open and reseal it. No problem. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. That is amazing, Jack. I'm glad I took a chance on it. Yeah, no paperwork. No paperwork. No crypt. Fucking but we've come hell. all the way from England. Well, maybe I help. Maybe not. It depends. Oh, God. 
I get my brother-in-law, he got a hammer and some cement. <laughs> you know, if this podcast had been around three years ago and this, this particular, you know, segment, I don't think we'd have left the European Union. No. Because there's there's no reason whatsoever to, to distance ourselves from these people and these cultures. Well, precisely. Oh, God. Precisely, so it's going to be harder for us to, like, tap in. We're going to need to more paperwork. And we're going to be having to stuff more money into the top pockets of Italian senior dissendats. Yeah, um, precisely. Sam, I think we should leave it there because we can't top that in this episode. It's going to be hard to top yeah, that. Yeah, anything we do is going to be a come down, so I think we should just leave it there. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with a new Kevin Keegan. If you're yeah. Iron Filing Society, if you're not, you can have last week's Kevin Keegan. It's a little bit whiffy, a bit stale, but there you go. That's, That's the, the lifestyle you, you it. chose. It's like a plate of chips served up by Signor Dissendat yeah. at an inexpensive Lanzarote hotel. It's your life. Up to you. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.